Good morning. It's July 14th, 2023, Friday, heading into the weekend. Uh, we got some some baseball coming back today. We got uh, UFC this weekend. We got uh, a little golf, a little tennis, a little bit of everything. Uh, some Gold Cup on Sunday night. We got some CFL uh, going on. Uh, but more importantly, we got Zara in Colombia this morning. How are you today? How's things going? Oh. Oh man, you know what? Starting every morning with Colombian coffee, it it just doesn't get much better than that. Um, I I do have. I walk away from yesterday with with two two bones to pick. Okay, so I'm going to share those with you before we get into our our our, our um, investing content. And and I actually uploaded a couple pictures today. The first one is my my first bone. So I I took a picture of the market at the corner did with you, the. Did you put, did you put this on Twitter? Yeah, I just put it on Twitter. So if you look, I did it this morning so that it's it's kind of at the top of our Yeah. So so take a look at that. You see that bag of onions? Yes. Yes, it's you see they're peeled. I mean, there's like a there's a bag of six onions, beautiful onions, great size, everything's immaculate on the onions. You could see it says 4000. Hey, honest, honest to God, that's a hell of a produce section. I, right. I mean, I, are you talking from a guy when I was a kid, I used to work at Dominic's Produce when I was growing up. And uh, that's a hell of a produce. And this, these are all over the place. So, I mean, you, you walk, you, you know, the traffic isn't great. So we walk a lot of places. There's a ton of buses that you could hop on, hop off type buses. Um, but um, this is literally right at the outside the gate of the, the complex that I'm staying. And, uh, and so it says 4,000. So mathematically, basically you would divide everything by 4,000. It's kind of why I was telling you yesterday. So that bag of onions that you see right there costs $1. So my my bone to pick is this: How is it that in Colombia, um, where you know we're supposed to be a little bit better off than most other countries, you know, smaller countries, South American countries, why how how is it that they're able to do this and we can't? Why why can they give us? Why can I get a bag of peeled onions here for one dollar, and I can't even get? a bag of peeled onions for two to $3 at home that, you know, you got the, the skin all over the place. So that really bothers me. I don't know why, but, um, you know, that I, I don't, I don't expect you to have an answer to this, but it's, um, it's frustrating. I'm going to tell you that much. And I like onions. Yeah. I mean, you must like onions, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that's a misconception, uh, you know, that we, we do everything right over here. And, uh, I think a lot of uh, other places do things much better than us, and I, and I think uh, that's continuing. That's a continuing trend that we keep seeing. That uh, you know, if you if you pay attention to what's going on in the world, you see that uh, some some places just do it a little better than us. Well, let me tell you a second thing, and this is my second bone oh, to pick, no. and this is this is probably a bigger one. No, this is real. So, so the second picture I put on Twitter, they have this place called Central Park, and it's pr- it's real cool because it's like um, you could see that all the roads are brick. They have um, these little gutters on the side, and if you look at that picture, you get a feel for like the different shops there on the right and left. I mean, there's pr- there's there's definitely over a hundred. I didn't, I didn't count them, but there's, it's just like this little area where there's shop after shop after shop. You can coffee, you know, a big thing here is empanadas or arepas. Uh, it's, it's really good little snack food. And then they have like the, the regular restaurants and, and all kinds of stores. Right. So it's a real cool little area. And you could see that they use more, um, you know, like their gutter system is, is just like little gutters on the side, but it works. Right. Well, 
we we have to go to get our blood taken, like I told you before, because I need to know my blood type, which, by the way, I'm an A positive. This is what I found out yesterday. I'm blood type A positive. Is that, is that a good thing? Or is that, is that, that's I have pretty... no idea. I have no idea. Um, right. I don't think it really matters. I think it just is, you know, if you ever need to know, that's what you are. But so when I talked to the United States about this, they said, well, we just don't do it because it costs too much. And, you know, if the insurance doesn't pay it. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. You know, you don't know most Americans. I thought it was on my ID. It's not on my ID. I don't know if it's on other people's IDs, but my blood type is not on my my driver's license. I thought it was. Um, yeah, maybe so, it used to be, but they, I thought it was too. Yeah. yeah okay, I, went, I, I went into North Shore one day, you know, because my son was out here, you know, he's a, a newborn and, and they're asking me questions and I felt like a, a bad parent not known as blood type. So I, I went in there to try to figure it out. And they said, oh yeah, we don't, we don't tell you your blood type because it's an extra test and it costs too much. And the insurance is, the insurance don't um, pay for it unless there's a reason. So like, for instance, if, you know, if you were having a heart surgery or something like that and they knew about it, they want to have a blood transfusion ready just in case they need it. Right. So, so their reasoning is you don't need it. And so I said, okay, whatever, you know, I, I can buy that. And I'm thinking when, when they say the insurance costs too much, what, give me a ballpark. I know you're not in the medical profession, but give me a ballpark of what you would think in the United States to go get a blood test, have the lab do it and get, have them report to you. When they, they say the insurance won't pay for it, what, what would be a ballpark number you would think? Yeah, you know what? I have no idea. Maybe a couple hundred dollars. I don't oh, know. Yeah, probably a couple hundred dollars. That's what I would guess too. So we go to this place and I'm expecting, I, I, I don't know what to expect. It's, it's just like this little office. We get right in right? We walk in, we don't have an appointment. It takes 10 minutes for us to get taken. Then it, they say, come back in 20 minutes. We'll give you your result. That would never happen, right? In the United States, they actually do everything right there on site. And this is, this is one of many little like medical centers. There, there's, it's not like a conglomerate. So I go back and I'm going to pay the bill. You know what it costs for two? So we walk in, and turnaround time, 20 minutes on two blood tests in Colombia, $5 total. I was going to guess 10. Wow. You would, have been, you would have been very close. So tell me, what is the reason that in the United States, I couldn't get this done because it costs too much and the insurance won't pay for it, when in reality, in Colombia, a, a country that is supposed to be not as technically uh, – you know, we're, we're supposed to have more ad advantages because of all the systems and things that we have in play. Why can they do it for $5 in a walk-in basis for two people and I couldn't do it in the United States? So again, I don't expect you to answer that question, but another little bone that um, in my mind, I, I'd like to pick with uh, the U.S. healthcare system. All right, so let's get on to I'm sure, I'm sure when you get back, you could schedule an appointment, maybe. Oh, I'm sure they really care about what I think. You know, they're gonna they're they're probably worried about me saying this on the podcast. They'll probably reach out to me and and say, hey, 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 you know, we we really got to talk to you about this. They care. All right, That's so let's funny. talk about. We're uncovering some stuff, but you had a homework assignment last night. You said you'd get back to me today. You post on Twitter two pictures of dogs. I I want you to tell me what kind of animal have you seen in this natural habitat in Colombia that right. you don't typically see here in, in, in Illinois or maybe even in the United States? What do we got? Okay. So, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to use the word animal loosely. Okay. Meaning that I'm not going to go into like a reptile versus, right, right. You're just saying uh, right. uh, organism. It's a condor. Okay. So a condor okay. 
it's kind of like an eagle or a hawk. It's this huge bird and it swoops down and it, it attacks its prey and it can take it off and do whatever it does with it. So the 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 thing that you will see here that that you will not see in the United States immediately um, is is condor. Now, if you go into the jungle, we're actually talking about an excursion in the jungle, and I'll tell you about that on Sunday. That way, if I'm not here on the show, we skip a day on Monday, so that way, if I'm not if not back, um, if I haven't survived yet, you know, you don't have to hold back the show. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to tell you a little excursion. Maybe in a jungle, we'll see some different types of. Um, animals or whatever reptiles or whatever you have but the condor would be the one that i could share with you right now confidently that you don't see that in the united states every day now have you seen one of those things swoop down and pick something up i have not but um i i know that that is something that you have to be careful with when you have um you know small cat, cats dogs small children yeah that's right no kidding. That, all right that's right all right well let's get into it I'm going to talk a little bit. We had one play last night, CFL, and, and this is starting to aggravate me, and I started watching the game last night. Now, Edmonton is playing decent first half. They go into halftime uh, down 10-6. to six. They make some adjustments. They come out right out of half, and boom, they score right – come right down the field and score. They look great. 13-10, crowds into it. They're into it. They get they give the ball back, obviously. Uh who the heck were they were they playing last night? Uh, now it's slipping my mind. Well, anyways, they get the ball back. They come, they stop them. It's third down now. There's only three downs in, in CFL. It's it's third down. They're playing Hamilton. Third down, and uh, Hamilton throws a long ball. I mean, it's third and a mile. Throws a long ball. What do we get? Pass interference down to the six yard line. Two plays later, they score. So it's 16-13. Edmonton still still looks pretty good. The very next play, they get the ball back. The very next play, Edmonton quarterback is being thrown around, and he just tosses the ball, doesn't even look. He's not even looking, just tosses the ball to right in the stomach of a defensive player. He runs it in for a touchdown, and that was the turning of events. Now they got to come back in the in the fourth quarter. They score 16 points, but giving up those two scores, ridiculous scores, but that's been the story of my life with the CFL. Uh, you know, it seems like you seem to blow these games or, or something weird happens. I'm going with the Argonauts tonight. They're, I don't care what the point spread is. They're going to kill uh, Montreal, in my opinion. They're coming off uh, a bye week. They got an explosive offense. They're five and zero. They got a great team. They're rolling. Uh, Devaris Daniels, their receiver, he's going to light it up tonight. They're going to they're going to be Montreal, and that's that. So that's my pick tonight for the CFL. The Montreal Argonauts are going to are going to uh, be my, uh, Montreal, and uh, did I say that? The Toronto Argonauts are going to be Montreal, Alouette. And uh, I don't care if it gets up to minus seven. They're still going to cover that and, and take it easily tonight. And I'm pretty confident well, about that one. Yeah, and well, well, we've already established that point spreads mean nothing in Canadian football when you can score one point on a kickoff and you're the team kicking off. So, so yeah, um, I'm, 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 I'm with you on ignoring point spreads in, in the uh, um, CFL. I'm guessing that if you can pick the um, – the team that wins, you're gonna you're gonna likely cover the spread, right? So that's what it's looking right. like for me. Yes, Argonauts are gonna win tonight, and that's that. They're coming off a bye week, so done. Let's move on to the next topic. Yeah, uh, I don't. Baseball, yeah, baseball. You know, I was, this is, this is something that was a little confusing to me. So, you know, I like to rant on the White Sox. First of all, I think we, we got the first, um, the, the first 
guy in history of the home run derby to get hurt during the home run derby derby, Luis Robert. You know what? I wish I someone would. I knew it. Be- Everyone needs someone to sit them down and explain the difference between hurt and injured, right? I mean, in our lifetime, like when you start playing football for the first time and you run over the sidelines and, you know, your mom's like, oh my gosh, you got hurt, you know, and and the coach grabs you, look, look, come here. Does this hurt? Sit down for two minutes, get a drink, come back over here when you're ready, right? If these guys don't know the difference between hurt and injured. Anytime something doesn't feel exactly perfectly, they think they're injured and they sit out two weeks or whatever, you know, so who knows what's happened with Robert. And and then the White Sox, of course, Hey, you know what we should do is not put our best pitcher on the mound. Let's, let's not re when we have a chance to reset our rotation, let's take the guy that was on injured reserve and put him out there first. That makes a lot of sense. That way we can get into our bullpen and burn our bullpen, bullpen game one, rather than putting two guys with Cease and Giolito out there who, who have been your best guys. And hopefully you don't have to use much of your bullpen, but no, the White Sox are starting Kopech. Not to say I don't like Kopech, but when you have the opportunity to put your first two guys out there, you do it. You put your studs out there. Anyone that's coached baseball knows you don't take for granted anything. You put your studs out there when they're ready and uh, Cease isn't pitching. So I was hoping that Cease would be pitching. I was hoping that maybe, um, you know, we could, we could get, some some other things going on in Texas. I, I just didn't see it when I looked it over. So like I said, instead of I start, instead of sometimes I start creating things that I like in my mind after staring at a page that long, I'm just not going to do it. How about you? What do, what do you got for um, baseball? Well, I, I look, while we're on this game, I'll talk about this game. I like Atlanta tonight, and here's why. Number one is what you said. Kopech starting coming off the IL. That's what you, you decide to start the second half with. Now he went on the IL right before All-Star break. Now he's coming off. He probably limited it in pitch count, right? Probably. You got Robert oh. Hurt a little bit. You have an Atlanta team that was super focused. They didn't even, uh, a lot of their stars declined to participate in the all-star festivities because their, their, their focus is, is their laser focus on what they're doing. Now, now the, uh, a White Sox team, he doesn't know if they're going to trade. There's, there's talk they might trade Delito. Uh, they're probably going to unload some guys. Uh, get rid of some guys. Anderson could be gone, right? Maybe Jolito. Who knows? But they, but there's talk that they're going to start selling people. So here's an Atlanta team that's super focused at home. You got great leaders in, in their clubhouse. You have Olsen and Acuna. Um, they're they're pitching one of their best starters. They're coming out strong. I see Atlanta just coming out and handing it to the White Sox tonight. Um, that's one of my picks. And then I got a dog that I'll talk about in a second. But you want to add to the to my Atlanta pick there? Yeah, it's a great pick. I mean, another thing that you could do if you wanted, and I, I'm sure the uh, so coach Atlanta, are you going straight? You going minus run and a half? What are you What are you thinking in that one? I think I'm. I think I'm going to do a little bit of both. I'm going to put some. Uh, the, the the odds are going to be, uh, and I can tell you what they are presently, but I'm sure the odds are going to be uh, pretty high for Atlanta. Uh, I I think they'll cover a run line. I think this will be they'll win by more than two, definitely. Um, that's my take. I know this is probably a homer play. Everybody loves uh, Atlanta, but I, I just think it's too easy. I just think the White Sox are, are in disarray. We got uh, they're minus two fifty, and in their run line minus one and a half. They're minus one thirty five. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to place it actually as we sit here, and uh, uh, that's that's the way I'm going today. I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to lay to minus one and a half. I think they win by two runs. I can see this being a seven two shoot uh, six. Six three game type of deal, but I, I think the Atlanta Braves will score a run and be focused. 
and I think we'll see Kopech out of there probably by the fifth inning. And then that bullpen, like you said over and over all year, is, is horrendous. So that's my pick. Yeah. That's one of my picks. Yeah, so so for sure. And, um, you know, I'm looking really quick while you were talking. I'm trying to see. I, I looked this morning to see if Cease was pitching, and then I tried to look and see, okay, who else is pitching um, for the White Sox? And um, I'm now – looking at MLB.com to see if maybe they have the projected starters. So Cease is scheduled to go Sunday. So uh, the, the reason I was looking at that is you got Kopech, Lynn, Cease. So the best two pitchers White Sox have, uh, at least in the first half, were, were, were Cease and Giolito. Um, I don't know if this means maybe they're shopping Giolito or they just continued with the rotation wherever it left off and stuck um, – Kopech in where he would normally be, but here's, here's what I'm thinking also might be a good, but Atlanta win the series. Um, you know, the, the white Sox, their bullpen's going to get work and their bullpen's not good. Um, so, so that's probably going to happen today. As we, as we both just mentioned, they have to have Kopech. He's coming back from arm surgery, not too long ago. He just had another issue. So they're going to likely limit his pitches. So you're going to get into the bullpen early. Um, so if they happen to have even close to a chance, they're going to burn all their best bullpen guys. Lance Lynn, he works a little deeper in games, but you know, he's a power pitcher that I don't see that working out so well against the, um, the Braves. So I could see the Braves taking the first two and winning the series right then and there. And then by the time Cease pitches, well, you know, Cease use lately, Cease has only been going five, six innings because you know, he's striking out guys, he's getting to that hundred pitch mark and they're, they're really protective of him. So, you know, by the time Sunday rolls around, I could see it being the tight game. You know, maybe I'd take cease the first five innings and they're, it's looking good for the white Sox. And then here comes the, the bullpen that's already been overused the previous two days, or at least Friday for sure. And, and Atlanta, if they got their lineup and knocks them around. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta sweeps a series, but I could see Atlanta winning this series. Again, that might be a pretty heavy odds to pay, but you know, adding on to what you just said, not only do I think they win tonight, but I think they win tomorrow too. Right. For the White Sox to win tonight, Kopech would have to be unbelievable. They're both going to have to be great. Their, their lineup would have to score some runs. And, and possibly Robertson's out with the cap. Uh, you know, that's kind of deflating, I would imagine, to a team. Here you coming out of all-star break, let's rah, rah, rah. Here's Robertson, you know, hurt his cap in the, uh, the home run contest. I, I think Atlanta wins tonight. I, I agree with you. I think they win the series too. I don't think, I think they're just, the White Sox are way over next in this one. The other yeah. game I'm looking at, and it goes along with what we talked about with our futures, is I like the Mets as a, as a slight underdog tonight. And here's why. You got Verlander on the mound tonight. They were playing really well before the All-Star break. They're at plus 105. I think they were at plus 115. Uh, yesterday I should have placed it earlier. Uh, the Dodgers have Julio going, Urias on the mound. He had a, a, a bad first half. Now, could he come out in the second half? He was injured in the first half. Could he come out and have a a, a great game? Sure. But I think the Mets, uh, they had some of that momentum coming out of the first half. I think uh, I think they come out tonight and get and as a slight underdog. I think they get a win at home tonight against the Dodgers and set the tone uh, for the second half. I just think they're too talented of a team uh, to to – to not play well in the second half, and I think this starts it off. So I'm going with the small dog here tonight uh, in the Mets, and I think they, they get the win over the Dodgers tonight and Julio. Yeah, and, and um, so there is one bet that I made, um, and it's not because I um, I really 
tremendously like it, but it is in that game. Um, you know, later on in the show, when we get closer to football season, I'll talk about um, a contest that I, that one of the sites that I, I joined runs, and they run it for football, basketball, and baseball. And basically the gist of it is that you pick a team and you need to bet $25 per week on that team. So in baseball, it's pretty easy, easy usually. But this week it was tricky because the week – Starts Sunday and ends on Saturday. And if you recall, for whatever reason, the Dodgers didn't play last Sunday. They they closed up their series against, I think, Pittsburgh on Saturday. So I really only have today and tomorrow to bet on that Dodgers game in order to meet my my requirement. Um, and as far as this contest goes, if you do that through an entire season, they give you a five hundred dollar free play. Uh, so, so, you know, I know we've talked about this before, and I've I've taken advantage of that probably over the last I don't know, five years, you know, I've done it in football every year and then basketball and baseball. I've been a little bit more consistent now, but that my team is the Dodgers, but I'm, I'm, you don't have to bet on the team. You have to bet in the game. You can bet the run total. You can bet anything. It's just gotta be $25 risk. So usually Dodgers are a big favorite. I pick them to win and I do pretty good. Um, but today I'm going first five innings on Verlander. I'm taking Verlander in the first five innings. I took the first five innings because that Mets bullpen, if there's one area of their team that has really been a disappointment, it's been the bullpen this year. They did start to play a lot better towards the end of the first half, and they did close out more games, which was great to see. But um, I still don't trust them against the Dodgers, so I, I threw my uh, my 25 on uh, the Mets in the first five innings with Verlander. It, it automatically, um, with first five inning plays, you get the starting pitcher, the listed pitcher. So I got I got Verlander uh, in the Mets in the first five. I like going against the the Dodger pitcher, and for the reasons you've brought up a couple times now, I think it's going to be a good game. But you know, I like my odds. I like my chances. You're getting Verlander at home and even money in the first five innings. That's that's not bad. Um, so you know, if I lose, I lose. But uh, I, I'm gonna. That's that's my one baseball play that I actually made. But had I not had this requirement to um, to make a play, uh, I probably would have just kept off the board today. All right. And yesterday we, we looked at the the NFL Central, right? And before that, what did we look at the the, the South? Yeah. Yeah, we we talked about I think both both Souths. We talked about the AFC and yeah. NFC South. Yesterday was the NFC North. We talked about I believe. Yeah. So today, let's get into the AFC East, and we both come to the conclusion that this is probably the most competitive uh, division uh, in football. Right. It's and one of them. If you look um, at it from, right, if you look top to bottom, you got the you got the Buffalo Bills. You have the New England Patriots. Uh, the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, and I'll, I'll just I'll start about talking about the Buffalo Bills a little bit. I, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to regress a tad bit, and I, and I can give you my reasoning why. Um, the biggest reason for me is the second half of the season, the last eight games. You, you know what they have is already you know what their schedule looks like. It's the most from November first to the end of the season, the Buffalo Bills have the most difficult schedule in the NFL right now on paper. So you're you're looking at it probably in the in the last half of an NFL season, you're looking at guys that are pretty beat up, right? You look at what happened to the Buffalo Bills last year. They started off six and one. They were rolling. They were rolling. Allen was rolling. The offense was rolling. They're six and one. They're beating everybody by by an average score of nine points, their victories, okay? Over nine points. Week nine 
Allen Allen injures his UCL. Uh, he gets a UCL injury. So now you look at his stats for the rest of the year. His passing was down 86 yards a game. He wasn't running as much. They were a little off sync in, in the uh, in offense. They didn't play great. And then and then when they finally down the stretch, if, I don't know if you know this, they had one of the easiest schedules. They faced offenses that were not even in the top ten down the stretch. So they had a great they had a great end of the season last year, great scheduling wise. And then they played Cincinnati in the playoffs. And what happens in that game? They get destroyed. And Cincinnati was probably one of the best teams that they played uh, in the second half of the last seven games. I would say Cincinnati was the best. And Cincinnati comes out and just beats them. I think they lost by 27 points. They didn't upgrade their their uh, their roster much. They, they drafted a tight end from Cade, who was playing some slot. I think he'll be able to stretch uh, the field a little bit down the seam. But I, I don't see – they didn't – Damian Harris they brought in in the run game. They had 291 carries last year. That was the least amount of uh, carries by running backs in the NFL. The least amount. So they're throwing the ball a lot. Here's the problem. They don't have a guy opposite Diggs, and I think that hurts them a little bit. Gabriel is their guy opposite Diggs. They still didn't address that. You know, Diggs has a little bit of an attitude problem. So I, I think Buffalo, and that Buffalo lost Edmonds kid, the, the linebacker who, who ended up signing with the Bears. Uh, they signed Leonard Floyd. Is Leonard Floyd that great? I don't know. He was in Chicago here. I didn't think much of him. Yeah, he, he had a decent uh, run with the Rams, but I don't know. And that, defensively, you had they were playing great until Miller uh, towards ACL, and then they were they struggled on defense. So, and that showed in the playoffs, right? So, I, I think if they don't get the number one seed, which has eluded them every year, they have a very difficult time. Uh, with the Chiefs, with the Bengals, I still think they're third on that list. If you look at the, uh, I think Chiefs are still number one, and then you look at the AFC, the Bengals are probably number two. I got, I got uh, Buffalo at the number three. So those are my thoughts on Buffalo. I don't think they're going. I think they could be pushed to even win their division uh, this year. So yeah, you know, that's that's my thought. What what are your thoughts? Well, so we we. We texted a little bit about this. Um, my my thoughts are exactly in line with yours. I I'll share some some of my reasonings probably parallel with yours. Some of some may be adding in. But first, I think teams have windows. I think that game two years ago that the Buffalo blew that Casey came down. That was their game. That was their year. That they were the team that year and they got it stolen from them. And then last year they just started. You started to see the little things happen of of programs that are on their downfall. One. Um, Allen got hurt. Okay. So, so now that, that affects things. And then two, and you brought this up a little bit is, you know, there, you, you, there's a saying leopards don't change their spots. Digs is a problem. Now, the, if everything's going perfectly for Diggs and the team's winning and everything, he's making the money he wants and he's the top, whatever receiver, he will be good on the team, but he's not a good teammate. He's not a good locker room guy. And you saw towards the end of the year in that playoff game, what did he do when the ball's not thrown to him? He goes and pouts. He starts to become a problem on the sidelines. Now he's distracting the play calling. Now there's friction between him and Allen because Allen's got to be a leader and says, hey, tell him to shut up. And, 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 and you just see, have seen more of that in the off season because he's not happy about how, how he's being used or whatever. Just shut up and play. You're getting millions of dollars. Help the team win however coach says you're going to help. But he's a distraction. And, and I'm telling you, th- these types of things 
are an indication of a team that's on their downfall. And so they didn't, they didn't win the AFC last year. And then next year, what I think is going to happen now is they're not going to win their division. Even they might, they'll probably make the playoffs somehow. You know, I, I I still think they, Allen's a hell of a player, but I also think that when a, a, when your franchise quarterback who used to be a running guy, gets hurt the first time they even have him run less, right? This is my, this is my fear about running quarterbacks. They better be able to immediately become passers when the defense knows they're going to pass where Allen, you always got that threat of him running. So, so the linebackers can't get as deep. You got to assign someone to him. You can't play your full defense, but I think you will see that the bills will even get further away from letting him run, which will make them a little bit more, one dimensional, if you will, they don't have that power running attack. Um, and they're going to be relying on his arm. He's a good quarterback, but when defenses know that, I think that's going to allow him to adjust even better. So I see them second or third place division finish. Um, yeah. So shifting over to Miami, I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think Tua's, I don't even know what's Tua's situation. You, you probably know that better. Well, that's that's going to, that's going to be the key right here. Uh, you know, he was concussed last year, but when he played, they were eight and one with Tua, and he played well. Okay, their their offense was the best in the league at one point, and then he got he got thrown around like a rag doll. The the thing that your quarterback is thrown around with, with like a rag doll, but you don't address the offensive line. I'm not sure that this offensive line has been addressed uh, yet. Uh, they have a they have a well the whole the whole division has a horrible schedule, but the, uh, they really start off. The Dolphins have a have a, a, a awful schedule. They play three of their first four games away from Miami. Now you've been to a game in Miami in early in the season. You saw the Bears there a few years back. That's a distinct advantage for Miami in the early half of the season. And, and you want to comment why that is? I mean, you were there live. You know why. All right. So so let's just say that I I participated in some activities that made me dehydrated. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and, and so the way that Miami Dolphins have it set up is now, now this was an October game, or late October game too. So this wasn't even like in September when it's even hotter. But um, they, the way that the, the stadium is set up is that Miami is always in the shade. Their sidelines are always in the shade and the opponents are always in the sun. So you see smart coaches like Bill Belichick bring like tents and, and you know, if you look on a sideline, you probably see um, air conditioning units or whatever he does. You know, he, he's, he's prepared for that type of thing. But it's really a difficult thing for, for players. I mean, I was sitting in the stands doing nothing and I had to leave my seat several times to go in the shade just because I couldn't take it. And, and imagine that you're running around full speed on the, on the field and you're trying to go to the sideline to relax and cool down and you're in the beating sun. So yeah, it, it's until, <clears throat> until it cools down in Miami, um, which, which could be maybe not until November, you, you, they have a huge advantage in games that they're playing, especially against like Northern climate teams that maybe they're starting to get used to the, um, you know, I don't care what anyone says, your body adjusts to the temperatures that you're used to. So if you're used, if you're Pittsburgh or I'm, I'm just pulling some team off the North and, and you're used to, you know, 70, 60 degree temperatures in, in September or whatever it may be in there. And then you go down and it's 90 and heat index hundred and something. It's not easy and you start cramping. And so, yeah, them not getting home games is a huge disadvantage for their home field advantage. Um, so yeah, that, and that Andy does. Starts with, 
they start the season with back-to-back road games. That's tough. That's tough to do in the NFL. That's really tough. You know, they did make an upgrade on defense. You know, they, they brought Vangio in uh, to run the defense. They brought, a, brought in Jalen Ramsey. He's older. You know, he may upgrade their, their defense a little bit. Uh, Vangio is – we had him here in Chicago. He's a good defensive coordinator. But, again, they haven't addressed – they haven't addressed the offensive line. And to me, the biggest thing for them is when Tua was out, they weren't very good. Now you've got Hill. Hill's, Hill's an offensive threat, right? He's just uh, a, a complete weapon on offense. Here he is. He's in trouble again. He, he he got in trouble in June. He got So he could get a suspension of some sort. He, he punched, I think, a, a, an attendant, a car attendant at a, at a Father's Day function or something or another. In, in 2004. <laughs> In 2014, he was removed from the from the Oklahoma State team for a domestic abuse. So he's he's got the propensity to get in this trouble, just like you know you got Diggs over in in, uh, in Buffalo. But you know, same thing. These wide receivers. Who knows what the what the offense uh, that the NFL is going to do to Hill? And if Hill's out, their offense looks drastically different without him. They struggle. So you look at you know two big question marks: Is Tua going to be healthy? Are they going to have Hill for the full slate of games? Waddle's is pretty good, but I, I mean, when they're both on the field, that's when they're really good. Okay, so their their front seven ranks number one. Uh, Vangio's going to make them better, but uh, you know their offense has a lot of questions for me. So, yeah, yeah, in in uh, the yeah. yeah. So if there was someone dumb enough to put a a line out there, will Tua start every game? Yes or no? I'm betting no. I, I mean, I will. This will be a significant play for me because I don't care what anyone says. I'm betting no. You know, it, 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 when you get concussions, they become ultra conservative. Plus, plus he even had multiple back to back almost. So yeah, there's there's no way he's finishing a season. So I my my pick. Um, so I don't know what team you want to go on next. You want to talk about New England or Jets? What what do you prefer? Yeah, you know what? There's not much to talk about New England. I don't think I think they had so many issues that they didn't address them all. Probably their biggest issue was offensive coordinator. They brought Bill O'Brien in. Uh, they got rid of Matt Patrice. He, Matt Patrice was just god awful, and uh, I think Judge was running the offense with them. Belichick had seen enough. He brought in Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's going to be better uh, on offense, but he doesn't have weapons to deal, uh, to, to work with. Stevenson's back. He's a, he's, a, he's a threat out of the backfield to uh, probably a great fantasy guy. He catches a lot of passes. I think he had 88 targets last year. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't see them. They probably upgraded their defense a little bit, but I don't see them. Uh, this defense is too tough for them, and I, I don't see them being uh, uh, a factor. And the last thing we got to talk about, both of you and I love, and uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you start it off about the Jets. I, I think they're – Top to yeah. bottom, they're a pretty damn good team. Well, you know what? First of all, they lost twice to New England last year, so you know you know that they're not going to take the lightest. Jets can't take anyone lightly because they've they haven't been a winning program in a while. But um, they they're going to have not only will they not have them uh, take them lightly, but they're gonna they're gonna want Belichick. They've they've been the doormat for league. New England's beat up on them for years. Trust me, I think the Jets beat them twice. Um, with is, assuming Rodgers is healthy, um, last year, if I remember correctly, the Jets were like seven and four, and then they ran into this stretch where they played a couple close games, and then they had Mike White at quarterback. So they got they're winning with defense and Mike White just basically pumping the ball to Wilson left and right, and teams couldn't stop them. I mean, they weren't scoring a ton of points, but really the um, 
you know, they had some injuries on the offensive side. That is it, Brees Hill, or, or they had some highly touted uh, running back oh, that got hurt. Yeah, he was great yeah. for the first seven yeah. weeks. He was rookie of the year. Yeah, so so then he got hurt, and and so the, their offense started sputtering, and then they had to go to Zach Wilson, and and like at first Zach Wilson was was playing, you know, and then something happened, and then they went to Mike White, and they're like, wow, Mike White, a guy who who really wasn't drafted, I don't think, and and it, no one knew his name. All of a sudden, he's making their offense be you know, efficient and they're scoring some points and they're scoring enough points so that defense was good enough to, to win games. Right. And, and then when white got hurt, well, unfortunately white got hurt and, and Zach Wilson came in and in the snowball of losses started, they finished the season with seven losses and Zach Wilson tried to come back, but he wasn't hundred percent and teams knew it. And, you know, I think they lost like a nine to six or some weird game in Miami to end the season when Miami had the, was thinking they had to win. So, so you had this, the story of two seasons, and it all came down to the quarterback. So now you have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers. As, as someone that has watched him beat up on the Bears year in and year out, I know that he's a big game player. And he's leaving Green Bay. And the, the one thing he would love to do is just stick it to Green Bay and, and, and have a winning season. So he's super motivated. All the reports are that he's happy. He went to the optional OTAs, not necessarily for him, but for, you know, to make sure that the offense was being installed and to almost be like a coach. So he's, he's taking on a different demeanor than I remember hearing about in a long, long time. And, you know, he knows he only has a couple years left. You know, I think, I don't know if he signed a one or two year contract. I, I, I don't really know the dynamics of how the, his contract works. Um, but in the end, if Rodgers is healthy, they can beat anyone. And now you take that Jets team that was seven and three or seven and four, or something like that. And you put a stud quarterback on there and they, the, you know, the Jets have gone out and got a couple of, of Rodgers guys to supplement the talent that they already had there. And so he's got weapons. He's not only got weapons that are familiar with him, but he's got weapons that are are good players. Like I mentioned, Wilson from last year, he's still there and he's going to be really, you know, I don't know how they'll use him, but if they use him the way they did last year, he's a threat. And um, so in the end, I just, this Jets team, they've been missing a quarterback. Now you've, you take one of the top, whatever NFL quarterbacks and you put them on that team and that quarterback's motivated. He wants to be there. And, you know, they're in a, they're in a division that I think is going to be competitive, but at the same time, I, I do think that this Jets team wins the division and, and makes the playoffs and, and threatens to make a run. I agree a hundred percent. And there's a couple things that uh, you didn't talk about that, that kind of aligned for them. Uh, in the second half of the season, they play four divisional games late in the season, which is key. But here's the key part. Right in the middle of the season, from week six to week nine, they have one road game. You know where that road game is? In New York against the Giants. They have a unique situation where they have 10 home games this year. One of their, one of their away games is the New York Giants. They play in the same stadium, right? So, so that's, that's kind of unique. They also play their two biggest rivals in the division, the Bills and the Dolphins. In a great situation, their last game. So their second game of the of the conference, the Bills and Dolphins. Both of those games are off the Bills and the Dolphins on short weeks. They're both coming off Monday night games, and they got to come. Uh, the Dolphins have to come to New York the second time, and on a short week. The Bills have to play them on a short week in the second half of the season. 
And I think that second uh, divisional game is real important. Another thing is, and, and I know I'll catch a lot of heat probably today after this airs about, what do you, how can you talk positive about Aaron Rodgers? Say what you will about Aaron Rodgers. I've watched him, just like you said, just crush the Bears. And he gets up for the Bears. And when he is motivated, he's, he's a hell of a quarterback. You can say what you want. His accuracy, he's just, he's just good. And he's a gamer too. And, uh, you look at last year, people say, oh, he's dropped off a little bit. You know, he had the 40 drop passes, the highest in his career. He had 40 drop passes by wide receivers. It also puts him up highest in the NFL. So they're saying, oh, it's completion rate down, this is down. The guy had 40 drop passes. That means the balls are catchable balls, and the guys just drop them. So, you know, he, he has some pieces around him. The Wilson kid's really good. He had 1,100 yards as a rookie, and he had Zach Wilson, a uh, quarterback for him. Uh, their quarterback situation was abysmal last year, the worst in the league. And the defense kept them in many games. They were able to beat uh, the Dolphins once. Uh, I, I just think their their defense is so good. Their front seven's up there. They got them ranked 12. Their secondary is ranked number one. They got a great staple of receivers, good running backs. And now they got the missing piece in Aaron Rodgers, who's motivated now at the age of 39. And I did see the clips that you saw where he's, he's working out with his team for the first time. He missed all that stuff in Green Bay. He's motivated. I hate to say it, but then he's got this running back, Lisa. I hate to say it. He's going to have a great year. If he stays healthy, the Jets are going to, are my favorites to win that division. I think they go over to nine and a half. Uh, their defense has been outstanding. And, and now they, they got to be motivated to have Aaron Rodgers and someone who can move the ball and, and score for them. I just think the way that the schedule sets up in the second half uh, for them in some key games, they're going to be at home. They're going to be in great situations set up uh, for them in the second half. And like I said, they got 10 road games. That's kind of unique. Uh, situation, right? So Yeah, and I can uh, tell you a little bit more about their schedule, Coach, just to, to add into what you said. You know what their first game is? Their first home game, sorry. I, I think it's the first game of the season, but it's first home game for sure. Well, Monday. the first two weeks, they're, they're, yeah, it's a Monday night game against the Bills. So yep. If they can survive those first six, they, it, there's, the second half of the season is going to be all right. Yeah, and they play that um, that – Miami game that you mentioned, that's actually on um, Black Friday. This is the first time the NFL is playing on Black Friday. I don't, this is something that surprised me, but um, you know, that, that short week you mentioned is, is actually Thanksgiving week. They play on the Friday at home against uh, Miami. So, so that's in November. I don't know what the weather will be like in New York, but being able to play home on that short week is definitely a little bit more of a, uh, a little less of a preparation um, challenge than it is playing on a road in that week. You know, I don't know where they, they each team is the week before, but that, that game being on uh, black Friday is kind of an interesting dynamic. You're going to have a lot of jets fans that are uh, let's just say both that Monday night game and that Friday game. I think that place is going to be rocking, um, you know, and uh, you could, you, you, they're, they're desperate for a winner and for, with the jets. And this is, this is what they're feeling. And I, I really do. I, and we'll talk about it later, but I like them in that first game against Buffalo coming in there, like you said. And then the, they're away at Dallas, and then they got a they got a home game against New England, and then they play Kansas City at home. Then they got to go to Denver, and then they uh, they got the Eagles at home. So three of their toughest games out of the first six are all at home, which is a benefit. So if they get through that, if they get through that final six and they do well, then they have right after that they have the bye week. So so they got that horrid six weeks and then they get a bye week and then they get to reload 
Then they got the Giants at home. Then they're home against the Chargers. They got to go to Cleveland. And then, so they got a, in the second half, they got Atlanta, they got Houston, they got Washington, they got, so they got an easy schedule in the second half. So if they can get, if Rodgers comes out and has a decent first six weeks and they're sitting at what, four and two, that's, I mean, they're going to be a real threat to, to, to win the AFC and to, to make it to the Super Bowl. Again, all of this is, is if Rodgers stays healthy and, and I, I, they got a chance. So and, that's and, my thought. Yeah, and the final thoughts I'll share too, which which I, I did weigh into this. So the the AFC East does have all teams have a tough division. One, that's because like if you look, New England's like probably the toughest because they have to play the other teams in their division. They're all marked as better than them. And then then they have to play the NFC East, which has, you know, Dallas and Philadelphia, which are highly talented, especially Philadelphia. Then they got to play the AFC West. So all teams in the division have to play those two. So when you look at strength of schedule, that's going to show up. Okay. So if you look towards the bottom of the list, I guarantee that all four teams in the AFC um, East are among the strength of schedule, like hardest, hard, hardest schedules. But here's the thing. Who's the, who, on paper, who's the best team in the East, it, the NFC East coach. So, so think about the four teams in the NFC East, Dallas, Philly, uh, Giants, and Washington. Who are, who are the, um, who's the best team? Obviously the Eagles. They still got a right. great roster. The Eagles, right? And then if you go to the AFC mm-hmm. West, KC, San Diego, Raiders, Denver, who's the best team? KC. So Jets play both of those teams at home. So they got to play them. Every team's got to play them. But it's a big difference playing Mahomes at home as compared to an arrowhead. Philadelphia, it's a big difference playing them at home. And like you already said, they're playing one of those those East games at home against the Giants. That's not really a road game. So they have a built-in advantage in that game, whereas um, Miami or um, Buffalo, they actually have to, you know, perhaps go, you know, play an away game there, you know. So so anyway, the, that that did weigh in the fact that they do have to play, all teams have to play Casey and Philly, but they have the benefit of playing them at home. Uh, and especially that Monday night game, I think, is one that that will be interesting. The first game that Aaron Rodgers plays at home in the in in front of the Jets fans. Yeah, I, I think the Jets are plus two thirty to win the division. I like them to win the division. I like them to go over nine and a half uh, wins. I think I think they go over that, and, and those are my bets. I think nine and a half wins is minus one thirty right now. So, uh, you know, it's getting up there. And to your point. To your point, if yeah, they start ahead. if they start the season three and three, st- that's a great. You may get even more value on that because they 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 their their season is front loaded with most of the on paper. You know, you never know. Atlanta could be undefeated by the time they play them, but um, for the most part, they're they're the best teams are front loaded on their on their schedule, and um, you know, the back load the back end of their schedule, they should be able to, you know, add up some wins. Yes, and that's a great point. In those first six weeks, we really got to keep an eye on that. So, yeah, you're right. If they get three and three, that could be a sneaky future bet uh, that, that the odds go through the ceiling. And then uh, people don't realize it, that the second half of the season, they got the distinct advantage. That all depends on if Rodgers is, uh, is healthy. Now, they had, they had problems with – their offense was so bad. They had real problems with the turnover uh, differential. And you look at Rodgers, he's coming in with a 1.2% interception rate. That's automatically going to make the, the, the defense better, right? And one of, what people don't understand is that Jets defense was so damn good 
they faced the number one toughest schedule of offenses in the NFL last year. They faced the top offenses week in and week out and still was pretty damn good and in almost every game uh, defensively. So now you add Rodgers in with his weapons. He brought some of his guys over. And you got a defense that, that played that well against the number one toughest schedule against offenses last year. So, I, I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it, you know, we we we've talked enough about the Jets, but the last the the thing that parallels what you said, they went into last season thinking Zach Wilson could be their quarterback, so they were kind of screwed when he he panned out to be a turd. So so now they know he doesn't need to be on the field. Just the fact that Zach Wilson is not going to be on the field increases their turnover in their offense. It, 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 me, if I'm in a defense side room, I'm, I hear that Zach Wilson is not going to be on the field unless two guys in front of him got hurt or whatever their deal is. I would be ecstatic um, because Mike White's not a bad backup. No, absolutely. So that's the NFC or uh, AFC East. And uh, we got what uh, one more conference to take a look at. We'll do that. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow. But uh there you have it. Any any uh, any uh, bets that you're going to make in that within that conference, other than the ones we talked about, or investments? You know, not yet, not yet. Um, you know, like I said, if I could find someone willing to 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 tell me whether or not Tool will will start every game, I'm going to jump on that. Um, I have once I'm back home, beginning of August, I'll have a chance to see what the what the books have. We'll, we'll start to get some of those more exotic type um, boosts and things that they throw out there and. You know, by then maybe something will pop, jump off the page. But for now, um, you know, the, I'm just, I'm just feeling that the Jets are the team in that division. Agree wholeheartedly. All right, so that brings us to uh, what do you got going on today? Friday, Friday in Columbia. What's what's Fridays look like in Columbia? Anything well, it, or not? it was it was a beautiful day here yesterday. 75 and sunny almost the entire day. Very little wind. It was almost the ideal temperature this morning. Start start out at the opposite end of that a lot of rain so you know we have some errands that we got to run but unfortunately with this rain I don't I don't know that we're going to be able to get out and sightsee or do too much but you know we're, we're kind of setting up the the schedule with with a few other things that um, that we may want to kind of get out and do so you know hopefully the weather permits if not um, you know it'll be a, a day where I'll get it some time to do some UFC analysis for tomorrow good deal good deal I'm looking forward to uh, Holmes making uh making her uh their fight tomorrow night that'll be that'll be good so again the review we got the message of small dog tonight you like uh verlander in the first uh first five which i'm going to jump on that that's a great bet i agree with it and the braves just come out tonight and they uh they take care of business uh handily uh against the white Sox tonight and then we got the argonauts that's just coming off a of bye week they're the best team in the cfl and they're going to show everybody tonight so that's where we're at we love the jets I know that's not going to be popular uh, among Roger haters, but, uh, you know, you can't take away the guy's good, and, and that's a fact. And uh, he's motivated now, and that's that's scary. Uh, you know, you, you looked at Butler when he was motivated. Uh, Butler motivated with the heat. You know, there's there's a few players still left in professional sports that when they're motivated, they bring it up a, a few levels. And I think Rodgers is still one of those guys. So, All right, buddy. All right. Well, well have, have a good, good day. day. Let's win them. Win it. Yeah, let's win them all today and, and come back tomorrow and, and get a reset. But uh, take care, man. Have a good day in Columbia, and uh, we'll be talking to you. All right. Have a good day, everyone. Later. Bye.